Hey y'all, welcome back as we continue on our journey and we head over to the Trail of Leviticus. I'm really excited for this book. The The book of Leviticus means to the Levites. It's a priest manual in a sacrificial system of the Old Testament as well as what religious life looked like for the family of God at this point in history. And the sacrifices that they use would make them right with God. And the atonement, because of the sacrifice, they'd be atoned for, which means made right with God. And if the theory was if you commit a sin, you offer a sacrifice. And if you don't know if you sinned or not, then they also had an offering for that, just to be sure, just to make sure you're covered for, you're atoned for, and that you are made whole and can enter God's presence. And we start off with the offerings, the the book of Leviticus is div- divided into five different parts. Um, we have the sacrifice in peace, beasts, and then it goes to talking about the priests, and then there's a purity section, and then we have the central point, which is the Day of Atonement, and then we go back to purity, the priests, and then the sacrifices and feasts again. So we'll start out with the sacrifice chapters in chapter 1, verse 1. The Lord called to Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd of cattle or your flock of sheep and goats. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male with no defects. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so that you may be accepted by the Lord. So this is the burnt offering. The first chapter covers the burnt offering. And this is an offering saying, hey, look, I sinned and I'm sorry. And the offering that they choose from the herd, there's three options that you'll see coming through the chapter. They can choose an animal from their herd. They can choose a sheep or they can choose a bird. So that depending on how much you have or how little you have, you have options to sacrifice to Jesus or to God. And Jesus is the reflection of this sacrifice. They need a male with no defects. And that was Jesus. Jesus came as the ultimate sacrifice and the ultimate atonement for all of us. And he was a male and he had absolutely no defects. He was perfect, sinless, and spotless. And we'll continue on. Verse 4. Lay your hand on the animal's head, and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. Again, the the result of sin is death. Something has to die for that sin. And the animal that they're sacrificing or choosing to bring as a sacrifice is taking the place of the person in that sin, in that consequence of death. In verse 5, Then slaughter the young bull in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priests, will present the animal's blood by splattering it against all sides of the altar that stands at the entrance to the tabernacle. And that sounds rough, y'all. I don't like reading these parts because I am an animal lover, but they're showing the grotesque brutality of what sin does and how awful sin is. And the blood splattering, it just shows how far our sin goes and affects things around us. In verse 6, Then skin the animal and cut it to pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, will build a wood fire on the altar. They will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat, on the wood burning on the altar. But the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. 
Then the priest will burn in the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So they give everything. They burn everything. The entire animal is burned and taken. And it takes a whole animal and they burn it on the altar. And the cost, it, it, it's, it's costs significantly amount. It's, it's the most costly of all the sacrifices a whole animal dies no part is kept for food they offer literally everything every part of this animal is offered in worship and jesus was an entire offering a whole offering for us and they had to wash the insides of the animal in the atonement processes were wiped clean and we're paying a ransom price and the our insides are what Jesus washed clean. Jesus washed us clean from the inside out when he died for us on that cross. And the the debts are just paid for our sin. The debt of our sin is paid through this. In verse 10, if the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the flock, meaning a sheep, it may either be a sheep or a goat, but it must be a male with no defects. Slaughter the animal on the north side of the altar in the Lord's presence. In Aaron's sons, the priests will splatter its blood against all sides of the altar then cut the animal in pieces and the priest will arrange the pieces of the offering including the head and fat on the wood burning on the altar but the internal organs and the legs must be washed with water then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering it is a special gift a pleasing aroma to the lord if you present a bird as a burnt offering to the lord choose either a turtle dove or a young pigeon The priest will take the bird to the altar, wring off its neck, and burn it on the altar. But first he must drain the blood from the inside, drain its blood against the side of the altar. The priest must also remove the crop and the feathers and throw them in the ashes on the east side of the altar. Then grasping the bird by its wings, the priest will tear the bird open, but without tearing it apart. Then he will burn it as a burnt offering on the wood burning on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So people have three options depending on what they have and how wealthy or what kind of animals they have. And no matter what they bring as this offering, it is all pleasing to the Lord. God is pleased by their offerings and and our offerings are God's gracious gift to humanity was Jesus in Jesus allowed us to be forgiven and live near God's presence. And in this time and in this point in history, the offerings were what God put forth so that they could be near God's presence in that time in history before Jesus had come on scene yet. So the next the next offering we have is the grain offering. And this is the easiest offering. This is a thank you offering. This is remembering to give thanks to God for all the things that he that he has given us. And in verse one, it starts, when you present grain as an offering to the Lord, the offering must consist of choice flour. You are to pour olive oil on it, sprinkle it with frankincense, and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. The priests will scoop out a handful of the flour moistened with oil together with all the frankincense and burn this representative portion on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering will then be given to Aaron and his sons. This offering will be considered a most holy part of the special gifts presented to the Lord. If your offering is a grain offering baked in an oven, it must be made of choice flour, but without any yeast. 
It may, may be presented in the form of thin cakes mixed with olive oil or wafers split, spread with olive oil. If your grain offering is cooked on a griddle, it must be made of choice flour mixed with olive oil but without any yeast. Break it in pieces and pour olive oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your grain offering is prepared in a pan, it must be made of choice flour and no olive oil. No matter how a grain offering for the Lord has been prepared, bring it to the priest who will present it to the altar. The priest will take a representative portion of the grain offering and burn it on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering will then be given to Aaron and his sons as their food. This offering will be considered a most holy part of the special gifts presented to the Lord. Do not use yeast in the preparing of any of the grain offerings you present to the Lord, because no yeast or honey may be burned as special gifts presented to the Lord. You may add yeast and honey to an offering of the first crops of your harvest, but these must never be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Season all your grain offerings with salt to remind you of God's eternal covenant. Never forget to add salt to your grain offerings. If you present a grain offering to the Lord from the first portion of your harvest, bring fresh grain that is coarsely ground and roasted on a fire. Put olive oil on this grain offering and sprinkle it with frankincense. The priest will take a representative portion of the grain, moistened with oil, together with all the frankincense, and burn it as a special gift presentation. So a few really good nuggets out of chapter 2. We They bring their bread and grain offering to the priest, and a portion is burnt on the altar, and the rest is given to the priest for food and nourishment. And... Um, the the I'm sorry offering that we did, the first offering, it was an offer of, of lifeblood of an animal. And the animal dies in place for the sins and atones for the sins. And the bread offering is a thank, thank you offering. It's a freedom. They can choose how they want to bring the bread and how they want to prepare it. And there's freedom in how they worship and how they bring what they bring to to give to God as this thank you. And he wants them to do this a lot. This is the easiest of all the offerings. God wants them to do this regularly. He wants them to remember that God is their provider and the reason that they have daily bread. And they want them to give thanks to God for everything they have and give glory to God in all that he is doing for them. And there cannot be any yeast in the bread because yeast symbolizes sin and there is no sin that can be brought to God. God is separate from sin. God is pure and righteous, and sin is not. So sin cannot go near God, which is why they have to sacrifice to atone for those sins. And this is a picture of Jesus. Jesus was sinless, and there was no sin in Jesus, and he is our bread of life. And it's just such a, a shadow of Jesus. And they they say add salt to it, because salt is the binding covenant the binding contract of the covenant. They want it to be set for life, salt of the covenant. And Jesus was given as a a baby and he was given as a sacrifice and he grew up into a man and he made that sacrifice on the cross. And Jesus is all we need to be accepted and joined with God and to be in God's presence. All we need is Jesus. And they add um, frankincense. Jesus was given frankincense as a baby. He was given this gift of frankincense. And the oil is the Holy Spirit. The oil is what refi- refines our life and, and keeps the, 
the bread moist and keeps the fans flaming. And the bread is a symbol for everything, for life. And Jesus provides everything and provides spiritual life and nourishment and everything that we need on this earth. Jesus provides for us. Jesus is the whole offering and the final grain offering, the bread of life. He's the peace offering. We commune with God. And the most holy part of the offering is the part they share with the priests, the community and the communion and the unity with the the, the community and the village that, that God is residing in with them. And um, they, it's like humans, when we sit down to a meal, he wants us to sit down to a meal with him. God wants us to sit down to a meal and fellowship with him. And God gave 100% for us, and he thinks we're worth it. He thinks we're worth 100% of all of him. He gave him his son, and Jesus died on the cross because we're worth it. And um, so, yeah, there's going to be three offerings we're going to see, and the three offerings are for responding to our sins and taking acknowledgement of them and sacrificing something to atone for those sins and being thankful for something that God has done for you. And we're, we're showing thanks to God and responding to what, what he's doing and communing, communing with God and, and making sure we're staying in that village mindset and being in fellowship So that is chapters one and two of Leviticus. I hope you're all having a most wonderful day.